I was wondering if there are people who believe that our podcast doesn't exist. Because we don't have an intro? No, because it's uh, it's COVID related. Like clearly oh, if, uh, I didn't, okay, I see what if you're saying. COVID is, is fake, then, um, right, then our podcast and co-videos can't exist either. Yeah. Um, so as far as like the ongoing life of the show, like I've just been thinking about rebranding. Yeah. Um, Not getting an intro or anything like that. But. N- well, never. What are you thinking about rebranding to? Well, like, it's funny because this was just meant to help people, mostly the two people doing it, but anybody <laughs> else within earshot, uh, just get over this year and what's going on. And because this year continues to be this year. Yes. Very much so. I feel like if we want to keep doing it, we either have to, you know, give it a more more general identity so it can survive. Mm -hmm. If we all survive, Mm -hmm. maybe like Apocalypse Cinema or something like that. I don't know. Right. Um, Happier, cheerier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brighter than that. Right. Or we just double down and, yeah, it's just like, um, you know, 2020 in movies. As a joke, because 2020 movies in 2020 have been a joke. Yeah, right. And exactly. then December, you know, 31st, 11.59, we go off the air and it doesn't come back. It's just a... Because um, it was never meant to last forever. It's just a single... A sing, 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 I Take can't time. talk. Uh, signal, just like a like a tone, just like a, like a dial tone or something like that, or like a doo or something like that, and we go off the air. What? We go off the air and there's just a noise yeah. and like, uh, yeah. Anyway. No, it becomes a number station. A number station? 43, 8, 27. What is that from? 51. <laughs> 47, 3. Was I, that I'm a going real to keep thing? Going. Look, Wikipedia number stations. Okay, I know weather station is weird. Or just, you know, remember that you watched Lost. <laughs> but just well, like yeah. But compartmentalize it. Just remember have. the numbers part. Okay. And forget all the other bullshit. All right. Hey. Hey. We're here to talk about films yes. and try to be as um as non-cynical as possible. We try. <laughs> That's the best that we can say. <laughs> I said as possible. You sure did. Maybe that's it. I think that maybe that's it. In 2020, that's the most we can ask for. But to that end, we, you know, talked about, uh, or we're going to talk about, a pair of films that are um, comedies or musical comedies from that time when America was great. I've heard a lot about this time. Yeah, well... (laughs) Hey, 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 if you disagree with me, you don't believe in this show anyway, right? So let's get right into it. You lost, or I mean won the toss. I won. As always. So uh, what was your film? My film was Some Like It Hot. Others, not so much. Others, not so much. Klingons, their revenge. You want it cold. Yeah. I never really understood that, except for it just sounds cool. Sounds like something. Revenge is a dish best served Something cold. Khan would say, because like, don't you think for 
Most Klingons, cool. revenge is a dish best served immediately while still alive. <laughs> I mean, yes. Maybe there's a but maybe it, but there's, there's a, like the plotting element. Maybe you know? there's you a first part that's kind of lost. Really, Klingons, big plotters. I can first, see it. first, I'm going to. Yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna say, hey, this is cinema, right? That's okay. We talked about Khan. Now I'm gonna talk about the Thomas Jane Punisher film, where it's like, remember how the Punisher? What do you know about one. the Punisher? Um, Elevator opens, he shoots like 40 samurai yeah, right? yeah, with yeah. a machine gun. He, he kills a lot of people. But what if not? What if he put a grand plan together to get John Travolta to kill all of his men for him, and then he drags him very slowly behind a Buick? And blows him up at the end of the movie or something. <laughs> I mean, that? that's a revenge buster cold, <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't sound like the Punisher's way. Weird angle for the Punisher. Yeah. But right. there are some people who uh, really like that film. Not Did me. Did he wear shoes in that film? Sorry. I don't know. I'm sure Sorry. Probably... I always, whenever I think of Thomas Jane, I always think of shoes or lack thereof. There's so many things to think about. With Thomas Jane? Or... People love his little hat on the expanse, but he just wears hats. I like his little I think hat he too. probably talked them into the hat. Oh, probably. No, it's like I'm a detective and everything. It's like, okay, sure. And he, then you, um, you, get, you do that. You, you hire Thomas Jane. You get the whole affectation of Thomas Jane. Yeah, and he doesn't wear uh, shoes. Yeah, and his uh, his kids. He bought his kids um, serval cats. Oh my gosh! You know, like gosh, the, the yeah, wild like cats, cats. Yeah. that are like, well, I want one because they're like a, a dog sized cat. Yeah, but it's just like. If he owned it, if you told me he owned a giraffe, like I, I couldn't, I just believe you. Yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, some like it hot, uh, starring Tony Curtis, Jack Lemmon, and Marilyn Monroe from 1959. Yes. I'll give the synopsis. Uh, it is the Roaring Twenties, and yes. two uh, speakeasy uh, musicians uh, are uh, escape trying to escape a raid. Um, they're broke. They uh, are going to grab a, a car and uh, go to a gig that they've got. Yes. Um, but they witness a massacre based on the real life Valentine's Day massacre, basically. Okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, right. this is this is the funniest movie that starts with a septuple homicide. Yeah, well, uh, I know, right? <laughs> a lot of violence in this film. We'll there get to is. it. Uh, and so they're on the run from that. And to do that, they also heard about another offer. Um, they're, you know, out of, out of work musicians. Yeah. They heard about an offer for two spots in a girls band. Yes. So they decide to cross-dress and join the girls band. Um, yes. They do. They meet Marilyn Monroe, who is the um, singer slash ukulele player player for the band. Yes, um, named Sugar Cane. Yeah, and they both <laughs> kind of fall in love with her. Uh, they get to the resort, and there's a lot of like uh, you know hijinks. You, you, me, he, she hijinks. Yes. Uh, then eventually the gangsters um, <laughs> completely randomly because we got to bring that plot back. I know. Uh, also end up at the hotel, and so they're trying to get away from them, and yeah. A lot of a lot of hijinks. A lot of hijinks. Um, What'd you think? I actually really enjoyed this film. I was like going into it. I was kind of like, "Huh, a film in which two uh, male actors uh, playing male characters cross dress as women. Is this going to be sensitive? <laughs> um, you know, is this going to age well? And I gotta say, I think honestly, overall. I think it aged pretty well, like all things considered. Um, I don't think it's um, homophobic at all. Um, There's no gay people in it. 
I know, I know, but like they're. But I mean, like they're they're they're, they're put in certain cross dressing or whatever yeah. is not equated with no anything like that. No. no, it's not. Probably because they couldn't get away with it with the Hayes Code, but <laughs> but yeah, but that's not even really. It's it's weird because that's all all that stuff, quote unquote, sexual deviancy. Right, one right, of the things right. that made us not great. Uh, it gets lumped into one thing. You know, yes. by ignorant writers and, and movie producers, but it's not even brought up. It's not even a part of it. No, it's not. No. And um, this has a lot of this. This is this is like really great situation comedy film. Like they're put in these really weird situations, and it just they, they, they the way that they play it out and the situation that they're in. It's funny. Like like I think a, a large percentage of the jokes um, land and are still funny. And and there's a lot of really great. Um, I, I think there's some great physical comedy in it as well, um, and uh, I don't know. I think it's fun. I think overall, I think it's really fun. Say, for, say fun or funny one more goddamn time. Uh, okay, but I mean for a movie that starts out with a mass murder. Yeah, like you said, <laughs> and, and the, it's like and the murders aren't over. No, like, I know they will and continue. Like, well, it, it, no, it actually starts out with. Uh, with the gangsters in a hearse. Yes. You know, protecting a coffin that's full of uh, booze because that's yes. their racket. Uh, and then the cops who, um, you know, they have a reasonable suspicion that these guys are involved in something, but they just like open up on them. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I guess America is still great. Uh, uh, yeah. And yeah, there's just like this gigantic firefight uh, between the two of them. Uh, so, yeah. And then later on, uh, you know, near the end when uh, George Raft and his guys just get blown away. I know. Who this I it's weird because in any other movie this would be like bloodless violence and you know, somebody would talk about rubbing somebody out. Uh, but you know, we, we we wouldn't see like the gangsters do horrible things necessarily so they can be like comedic foils as well. They can get in right. on the fun. And they do get in on the fun, but they viciously murder seven guys and a garage attendant yes and then are viciously murdered themselves later on yes but are like funny throughout the whole thing for the most part i mean george yes. rap george rap doesn't do comedy really but uh the guy with the oh man the guy with the face uh is great <laughs> which one is he one of his guys oh they're all like you know uh, hunks of meat but like yeah. the, but the one guy with the face He's got a very distinct face. And yeah, he's got a voice. I can't, yeah. I, I can't remember his name. I can't remember if I know his name. But uh, yeah, but he he was he was great. But of course, uh, they're all viciously shot to death. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love it too. So there, it's like this meeting of like um, gangs from all around the country, and it's like, and and it's, the organization is called like Lovers of Italian Opera or something like that. Yeah. Right. And like so, and then I love like. It's kind of a bit part, really, but like the the guy who's the president of the club uh, or the organization, <clears throat> it was this bald guy, and he's got like this hearing aid sort of thing, um, which I felt was kind of anachronistic. I guess I don't know the history of hearing aid technology. I don't but either. Some people had the horns at some point, right? The yeah. ear horn. Yeah. So, like, I, I can believe in 1959 you'd have a, a radio uh, unit. It seems a little early but for that for 1929, doesn't it? But it doesn't. It's it's a good bit though. It is a good bit, and like he's really funny, and like he's talked about how he elected himself ten ten years ago <laughs> to the position, <laughs> right, and yeah. he's like, and I gotta say, you made the you, right you made the choice. right choice. <laughs> We made over $127 million before taxes. Oh, 
<laughs> we didn't pay no taxes. Um, and the leads in this are all great. I I just all really really great. Um, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon are hilarious. Marilyn Monroe is hilarious also. And um, is it really her singing? <sighs> That's a good question. Um. I mean, I know I know that she could sing, yeah. um, but she wasn't uh, a very strong singer necessarily. I don't. I mean, we don't do research I on know. the show. Maybe that'll change the, someday. The the song. If you told me it was, I could believe it. But I, I I think it probably wasn't. The 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 two songs that her character sings in the film are are real standouts. Like there are a couple other songs throughout the film, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a musical per se. Well, yeah. it kind of is it's musical adjacent i guess We're a musical comedy yeah yeah but um you know of course i want to be loved by you everybody knows that song great song and then like i can't remember how what the second one is now i'm but through it, with love i'm through with love that was that's a good one too yeah um so yeah really entertaining i i love <laughs> like um how uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis are, are trying to to act like women that uh, they change their voices and the way they walk and everything. It's but like it's, it's not... a whole other sex. I know. <laughs> I like how Jack Lemmon laughs as a woman. <laughs> well, he He's does, like, he does it know, quite a bit. He does do it quite a bit. The, uh, but yeah, of, yeah. One of the reasons that this I think works so well, and this is the second. Jack Lemmon film we've done on the show, right? I think so. Yeah, the Odd Couple. We've the we've Odd, done Couple the Odd before. Couple. Is this our first? No, we did Double Indemnity, so it's not our first Billy Wilder, but it's our first out and out Wilder comedy. Um, it works because you know the the humor is timeless in that they're they're just um, doing. It's clever and it's based yes. on what's going on. There's yes. a couple references yes, like yes, yes. like Diamond Joe. Brady or whatever it is. It's like, okay. I, I don't know who I that just, is. I can just figure out who that is through context, I guess. Yeah, but, right. But yeah, like it's just, it's just funny because it's working off of uh, the circumstances uh, that they're in. And it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, the, I'll say right, right off the bat, um, I, they weren't going to spend a dime on credits <laughs> because like, <laughs> the credits are just like, like a 50s TV show. Yeah. It's just like, here's who's in it. Yeah. All right, right. let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Start the movie. And then but, at the end, it just says the end. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's over. <laughs> go home. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, um, just putting them in the situation and then letting the um, the lines and the comments uh, build and uh, the double entendres and everything. And it just, yeah, it just uh, continues to, to work. Well, and I think it's pretty great, too. Like, Tony, Tony Curtis, like, like, um, uh, Sugar, who's Marilyn Monroe's character, says to uh, Josephine, who is Tony Curtis's woman. Complicated, right? Um, that like wait till he becomes Shell Oil Junior. Yeah, I know, right? That's what I was getting to. Like that, she likes she's gonna fall in love with a millionaire, and she thinks that like uh, you know men with glasses are are, are less threatening and. Like, <laughs> You know, it's just like, there's what? There's a dark undercurrent. I know. Of people getting coleslaw thrown in their face. I know. In her backstory. I know. But it's like, it, it that, that's like another layer of comedy, right? Because now he's dressing up pretending to be somebody else. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, and then the, the, like the way he just comes up with it, it's just a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. But then like, what I think works so well about that scene when they, those characters first meet where him and Marilyn Monroe's character first meet is that she's also lying 
Oh, yeah. Everybody, you know, and it's yeah. another lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. So it's just like. Oh, man. Yeah, there are no, no real angels in this film. And I like the fact that it starts off as a triangle, but then I don't know if you believe Tony Curtis at, more as a romantic lead than Jack Lemmon uh, in the late 50s, maybe. Maybe. But but that falls away, uh, and we put uh, Lemmon into the thing with, um, uh, what's his name? Oh, what is his name? Well, Os, Osgood is the character's name. Osgood, but, yeah. Um, I can't remember the actor's name. Um and so, yeah, and so they could have kept going on with the because because the, the, the thing could have been because it could have been like one of those. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better example than this means war, but a thing where now they both have something on each other, so they're both trying to sabotage each other. There's a little bit of that, but then it just bit. falls away, and Jack Lemon ends up just going off with Osgood, and <laughs> like I know. He, he proposed to me. It's like you can't do that. Oh no, we've all made mistakes. Um, <laughs> But he's trying to, you know, he's trying to buttonhole. Because um, when you think about it, this is just like gaslighting the movie, basically, right? Pretty much. Like up to the point where he, I mean, and it's all just um, um, suggested. We don't know what happened on the yacht, but we can make our own assumptions, I guess. Yeah, right. But it's like, oh boy, you know, uh, let, let me do the ultimate negging by saying, yeah, gr- I, girls don't do anything for me. It's like, oh, can I try? Nah, that was all right. I know. I, yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> it's kind of like sick when you think about it. I guess you're right. But this yeah, aged really well, though. For the most part, I said for the most <laughs> part, there was a caveat. Um, yeah, I think it, it oh, this is probably the best that 1959 could do for a theme of just leave these girls alone. You know, like all the men in the, in the movie are predatory. The, you yep. know, the ones that aren't like machine gunning people to the ground. Right. And, uh. And even somebody like the um, the Oz, Osgood character, or Oswald, whatever his name is. I think it's Osgood. Um, is, uh, you know, th- we, we meet him when he, he pinches uh, <laughs> he pinches Jack Lemmon. I know. Uh, Daphne in the elevator. Yeah, I know. Which is a great bit because <laughs> the, the, the arrow goes up and then boop. Yeah. And then comes back down. And, yeah. And <laughs> kind of, girl, do you take me for? Um, Joe, Joey Brown. That's, that's who that is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He did a good job too. Um, so yeah. Uh, I mean, we could just sit through and go through every little bit of dialogue and every, every gag and we'll do it now. Um, (laughs) the one, the one thing I know about this movie, the one behind the scenes story that I know, and I think every single one of these is going to be every time that you have some classic film with a breakout performance by a, um, a female actress, and uh, and an actor, you're gonna get some story about how, you know, oh boy, she was the worst. Oh, oh boy. boy, what's Great. wrong with this Debbie Reynolds or whatever? Uh, yeah. Nothing. Yeah, right. Uh, but apparently, Tony Curtis uh, didn't didn't like working with Marilyn Monroe. Uh, Did he? Why? And was he, she difficult to work with somehow? Well, I'm I, throughout her entire career, supposedly yeah. yes. Okay. Um, I think she had a lot in common with Sugar Cane sometimes. A lot of a lot of drinking. But he famously remarked that uh, kissing her was like kissing Hitler. Whoa! And my first question is, you kissed Hitler? <laughs> you went on like a tour in Europe or something like that? But it's like, what? That, uh, wow! Yeah. Wow, that's one of the meanest things I've ever heard. Um, okay. But he's just like, you know, yes, you know, I kissed Marilyn Monroe. Because she's the biggest sex symbol in the world, remember? She was yeah, like, I know. huge. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, I kiss her. Yeah, just like kissing Hitler. <laughs> Tony Curtis, a perfect 
amazing human being. Uh, I just think of this is so random, but um, whenever I think of Tony Curtis, I think this might have been my first interaction with him. Was um, uh, do you remember how he's referenced in Clueless? Like, um, Cher's friend, what's his name? Her, her friend that she has a crush on, but it turns out he's gay. I can't remember his name. He brings over, he's a big Tony Curtis fan and he brings over Sun Like It Hot and she says, Sporadicus. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, she's trying to put the moves on her friend the entire time. And like, he's just like, okay, let's, uh, and then he, he ends up leaving and it's really awkward, but yeah. Anyways, coolest everybody. Um... It'll be on the show someday. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the background of this film so much. I know that the first time I watched it, because I watched this a long time ago when I was aspiring to be a, a film fan or a film buff. Yeah, I'm not liking it all that much. Okay, did you like it better this time around? A lot better. Yeah, um, which is good because now that I'm good. more right than I was. But <laughs> I, I don't know what it was that didn't really um, that didn't grab me. Um, is it the I, mood there, you were in or something? Yeah, or? maybe there are, there are definitely things that I that I, th- I think that this could be. I, I think it could be better. Sure. If somebody like is as good as Billy Wilder. Um, the 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 leads as good as they are, there there are things that don't there that get picked up and dropped and not every joke lands. Yeah, very few of them don't land. Yeah, that's but true. But I just mean like in terms of the story and it's a movie, um, because it's not just you want to watch a comedian do a ninety minute routine. That's yeah. one thing. But like, right. there's things that kind of get picked up. The, the the intense violence of the frame story <laughs> that. You totally forget about, and it's not really yeah, even part right. of the film. And it's not like we're cutting back to Chicago. No, uh, they just suddenly show up again, Wait, and, it, I and they just happen to be yeah. having their. I mean, I guess the mobsters are having their convention or whatever in yeah. in uh, Florida. It's fine, but I don't know. It's it's the tiniest little picks, but the movie is so you know it's ninety eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. I just feel like a couple little tweaks and it could be yeah. totally perfect. I understand what you're saying. I just thought of something else. Um the what, what's the name of the lady who runs the band and Sue Su- Sweet Sue Sweet or something. Sue? And yeah. then um the the manager guy. Um they have this conversation on the train like something is off with those girls and he says, I'm gonna keep my eye on them. No, they never that's find out That's completely dropped. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe that's not that important, but it would have been great if that had come back. Yeah. I also, one of my, I think one of my favorite scenes is um, the scene on the train with all the girls. Um, <laughs> like, um, uh, Sugar comes over to Daphne's bunk to thank her for... Um, helping her out earlier on the day, yeah, and and they're gonna have a drink together, and then and other do... girls wake up, yeah, and like yeah. join them in the bunk, and it's hilarious. And it's yeah, like... come on, thirteen girls are bad luck. Twelve, of you have to get out. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> more stuff like that. Like, what if like more the girls were involved more? I mean, I know it's not really their movie; they're not the leads, but it would yeah. have been nice to have them pop in and out every once in a while. Yeah, it's. Um... And I don't think that it's because it's sloppy. I just think that it's they were, you know, doing everything they could with what they had and they were coming up with funny things and not necessarily thinking like, well, what if this, you know, but it's it's fine. Like I said, there's a quintuple murder 
in the last 20 minutes. I know. <laughs> That's played for laughs, but... Yes! It, I, I don't know how they felt in the late 50s about the oh, Scarface-y times. And, of course, George Raft is in this as stunt casting. Mm-hmm. Um, having the, the little bit with the guy flipping the coin. He's yeah. like, where'd you learn that trick? Yeah. Um, but it's set, it, you know, in uh, the Valentine's Day massacre type thing. And then yes. you've got Shell Oil. And all this yeah. is taking place in the winter... Of yes. 1929. 1929. Yes. Of course, in October of 1929, things would Stock change. Stock market will crash. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if there's anything you can do or you want to do with that, but it's, I don't know, it just seems like th- it's about characters who are losers, but they want to be like winners and on top. And so, I don't know. I know. I mean, they do like say some things about the stock. Yeah. And like the, the kind of I mean, 60 years that, gone by. Is there happen, anything you want to try but... to do to fix like a, an almost perfect movie? Yeah, right. But I know. Yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> um, what else? Um, Any closing thoughts about it? I mean, I I can't believe that we are <laughs> kind of having trouble talking about it. But like I said, it just it speaks for itself. It's funny. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. Um, I think it's kind of funny. Like, so um, Jack Lemon is 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 a, the base a bassist. And his base gets shot up yeah. in the Valentine's Day Massacre. And we don't actually... They talk about the holes in it, but we don't actually see them until later while they're on the train as the girls and they're playing. And we see them and it's like four or five holes in like a diagonal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a nice like visual thing. That's, it's very comedic. Um, so I thought that was great. I was a little wondering, like the the last night they're at the or the the last night of the movie they're at the hotel and um, they're trying to run away from uh, the um, the the gangsters because they have now they're now witness to um, Jack Lemmon and T- Tony Curtis are now witness to another mass murder. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twice in one movie. That's something else. Completely unresolved from a criminal standpoint. They're going to take off on a yacht and they're yeah. still like wanted for questioning yeah. in two mass two slayings mass now. Yeah. <laughs> so they had been trying to escape the guys that had gotten killed before. So I don't even remember what, how, what number of disguise they were in. But they were uh, – Tony Curtis was like an old man and um, – uh, oh yeah, there Jack are two Lemon. unconscious people somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and Jack Lemon was the the bellboy, but he had his heels on still because he didn't have right. Uh, right. the shoes didn't fit him. I guess the yeah. bellboy's shoes didn't fit him, which was a nice funny touch. Um, but then they're like running around again, and they run upstairs, and then they come down in the elevator dressed as the girls, and they come down in the elevator way faster than it would have been. To, yeah, like, there's a couple change. funny quick changes, but. But it's funny because it's like, okay, how many quick changes is this? You know, so um, I don't know. I just I think it works. It does. Um, somebody someday will try to remake it with, uh, you know, the, the whitest kids, you know, or something like that. And <laughs> we'll know then that we are actually in the bowels of hell. But oh, I know. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, a lot of I've, I've 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 like I said, I saw this a long time ago. And then I feel like I've been reading about this for the last 20 years on the internet. Yeah. There's a lot of like criticism and. Um, okay. What, what are uh, people saying? Interpretation. Yeah. And it's mostly about the the gay themes underneath yeah. that I don't, I'm not sure are there, but you can have a modern reading of anything. 
And a lot of people focus on the Joey Brown and Jack Lemon scene at the end, you know, where they're... At the very end. Yeah. Stuff. So I won't fit into her dress. We can have it altered. <laughs> well, not in your life. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just like, oh, well, maybe that's, there's a gay reading to that. And it's like, well, it's probably just like... But a bump fifties humor. That's kind of what I think it is. But I'm open to a. I'm open to it too. A modern reading, but but it's kind of like I almost think the expression on Jack Lemmon's face is like, gosh, I can't break up. The only problem is her mother, but it's not a problem. I don't smoke. I know. (laughs) I actually really appreciated that. I thought that was really great, and it wasn't. That's what I'm talking about when I when I'm specifically, I guess, when I'm saying it it wasn't homophobic. Like uh, Tony Curtis is like trying to. Gently remind Jack Lemon that you're a guy, you're a boy, you're a boy, and you're, a boy. And you're you know, and I guess at this time it wouldn't have even been like that. But and you're not gay, right? But, but then fire up the uh, which website do I pick on? I now? don't know. Uh, nylon. Uh, fire up the nylon articles about uh, oh, Jack Lemon is uh, you know he's he's um, repressed homosexuality uh-huh. or, or right. I don't know. I want to know what happened in that night, though, that, like, he decided, yeah, I'll marry this guy. He was, like, so annoyed. And, like, this guy, like, pinched him. He hated it. It was a horrible experience. Like, he there, but there's a but We got to stop talking about this. But there's a, there's an arc that starts out. It's very small where he's the one who I, – I don't know why Tony Curtis is so comfortable in heels. Let's look into that. Where's the Nylon article about that? But Jack <laughs> Lemmon is the one that's, like – Peels, and I don't know how they wear these clothes and everything. Yeah, and then it's true. on the train, he's like, I'm, I'm a girl, I'm a girl, I want to die, I'm a girl. Yeah. Uh, and then by the end of the movie, he's like, he's having fun. It's like, yeah, it's fun to to play with maracas and, you know, yeah. dance, Cuban yeah. dance and everything. And, you know, at the core of it is, I'm going to scam this guy for alimony. <laughs> uh, <laughs> once I, reve- I reveal, blackmail him that I'm a man. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, so that's why I don't think that there is a necessarily deeper read. But, yeah. Go, go for it, Nylon, if you want yeah, to. That's three Nylons. It. Let's move on to my movie. I yes. picked a different movie than this one. <laughs> That's how it works. It's called A Vamp. Uh, <laughs> I picked 1957's Funny Face. Yes. Starring Audrey Hepburn and Fred Astaire. Yes. Uh, directed by Stanley Donan. And do you want to give us the synopsis of that? Yes. So, um, so excuse me. We wow. start off. Do you want a bicarb? Yeah, maybe. Um, we we start off the movie and oh boy, I, I don't. Okay, We're going maybe scene I'll by scene. maybe I'll skip that part. Um, Fred Astaire is a photographer. He largely does uh, fashion shoots, um, and he he only does fashion. Shoots. He only does fashion shoots because landscapes well. don't sell. Yeah, right. Uh, and he. I don't know if he exclusively works, but he works does, does a lot of work for a women's magazine. Quality. Uh, quality. Um, that's run by this lady. I can't remember her name now. Uh, the character's name. Yeah. Uh, but uh, she's she's very particular and everything. But anyways, he's doing this photo shoot, and it, this model is supposed to be intellectual, and it just isn't working. So they decide they're going to find a drab bookshop to do the photo shoot in. They get there, and who's working there but Audrey Hepburn, and she's like this mousy intellectual girl, as mousy as, as Audrey Hepburn can be. And um, I, I want to do a breakdown, and maybe some of our fans could could do this. Show us the breakdown. Show us how much of your segment is taken up with the recap, or at least up until. Let's project the recap out past the point where I complain about how long the recap is going, 
and how much my segment is and how much discussion we get to do in my segments. How much did, time you are, did that take you're up not out of, now? You're not out of the first act. A young okay. Mousy, anyways, a, a young woman, well, woman that works at a bookstore, is discovered by a photographer and becomes a, a fashion model, and she must deal with her commitment to her beatnik ideals and the lure of the glitz of being a model in Paris. Also, they're thirty years apart in age. The end. <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Was that not fun? Let's, no. Look, look, people don't believe in us. They don't believe we're real. We have to prioritize our time. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. Now, I'll let you do the, the stage uh, singing of all the songs from the film that you wanted to do. So go ahead. No, I don't want to do a stage. How long has this been going on? Yeah, right. Go ahead and start. No. Oh, no, I... no. We got to start with Think Pink. This is my segment. I didn't like this. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't right. like this all that much. Okay. Um, did we talk about Charade on this show? Yes, we did. Oh, so this is our second Stanley Donut and our second Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Um, I feel like these people are going to show up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Maybe not Donut unless we do Seven Brides or something like that. But uh, yeah, we're going to see Audrey Hepburn a lot. Mm-hmm. See Jack Lemmon a lot. Yeah. Billy Wilder a lot, too. Uh, I was not blown away by this. And when you look into the history and you realize that this is, you know, I can't. When did the Gershwins die? Not that I want to. Not that that I want to track it super closely. No. But this is the Gershwins probably on sort of the tail end or, you know, the middle to late part of their career. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Essentially reviving a musical that they did 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, Funny Face was a musical in the 20s that Fred Astaire was in. Mm -hmm. But it has nothing to do with this. It's it's about jewel thieves or something like that. They just they took the title and the star and just did an entirely new film. Yeah. Um, I do not think the songs are very strong. Yeah, it just feels like warmed over Gershwins. Yeah, to me. And I like the I like the Gershwins. And speaking of gaslighting, oh oh boy. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, every okay. So I have a theory, Mm -hmm. and I don't like this theory, but theories are built from observation of the the evidence and the, the the data. All musicals seem to be based on some kind of deception, don't they? <laughs> or some kind of coercion or pushing past some woman's yep. uh, boundaries. Yep. Uh, there has to be consent. a... Consent! There has to be a no... What? I'm so, I said consent. Yeah, all right. I yelled Thanks consent. for screaming. You're a real ally. Yeah. Uh, Shut up! I just like... Somebody has to go like, I don't want this. And then I sing a song about how you do. And it's like, oh, maybe I want this. Yeah, and I this know. Is a story it's about the women who doesn't This is a story yeah. a, 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 that mocks intellectuals. It, yes. <laughs> this is – intellectuals are another reason that we're not great anymore. But this is a story that mocks like a young idealistic woman's uh, – Ideals. Uh, uh, intellectual ideals. Yeah. And thank God she gets married and there's birds at the end. Well, she doesn't actually get married. No, married. hopefully, like, Fred falls off the thing and drowns, right? Because <laughs> she's going to have a good 15, maybe 20 years with him before he kicks off. Uh, I know. I, I looked for anecdotes. Didn't look too hard. But I looked for anecdotes about um, Fred Astaire uh, saying that she was, you know, a C-word that couldn't dance or something like that. But I don't know if Fred was nice or not. I just know that every time we do a musical, there's a story about how the male star is like... 
this piece of shit. I, I, I didn't find anything. I but... don't know that I've heard anything about Fred Astaire being difficult to work with or not. I don't know. But... I, I've heard him complain about Ginger Rogers, right? Has he? Yeah. No. Anyway, okay. neither here nor there. Um, I Let's be ignorant as long as we can be funny about it. That's always been my motto. Okay. I have a, a bronzed pillow uh, with that on it. A bronzed pillow? I wanted to be double sure that I preserved it. <laughs> and and so anyway, but that being said, um, you know, Fred choreographed the, the whole thing. Okay. Uh, and his his dances are great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Torador, Toreador dance is a, is a big highlight. Which one is that? The bullfighter dance. Oh, the bullfighter dance. Yes. I um, like the weird, like... Beatnik dance That's, in the club. Well, thanks for stealing my thunder because oh. that was my favorite part. Yeah, that was great. Like she's great. Yeah, and I know that she's she's Audrey Hepburn, but I mean, yeah. when you think about somebody like like the Debbie Reynolds situation, you know, or just like the, a young starlet, you know, going up against these like dance gods. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure, you can. I don't know how many takes they did, but like. She's fantastic. She holds her own. And she I know does. that the movie is making fun of beatnik culture for the most part, but yeah. you wouldn't see that in a normal thing. It would be, oh, now let's climb up a ladder. Oh, now let's, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do all the singing in the rain stuff. Now let's hold on to a light post. Now let's fall over a couch. Like, yeah. when are you going to see like a crazy beatnik dance in a, in a club? Yeah, in this movie. <laughs> so I'll give it points for that. But for the most part, I don't know. I mean, it's a classic because it's lasted this long, but... I don't think I do. I don't think it was really a success at the box office either. Oh, I like. I don't know. This is probably one of some of the besides the uh, wedding dress some uh, scenes. Probably some of the most iconic parts of the film are um, when he's singing to her in the dark room. Um, you know those shots when he's like making the very large photos of her face, and then at the end when he takes the uh, the negative out. And it's just bright light on her actual face in front of uh, where um, the photo paper usually is. Um, I mean, that's that's cool. Um, I thought that the opening song was kind of fun. I didn't think it was, like, super great. But I thought it was kind of fun. Um, I actually enjoyed their... their <laughs> so she, she there's like this philosopher that um, Audrey Hepburn's character really likes and he's French and she gets to meet him and then like there there's like this riff that happens between her and Fred Astaire's character and she she's like now she's hanging out with this philosopher guy and he's like really worried about her and also they she need they need her to come back to do the fashion show and stuff like that because all of the outfits are designed and tailored to her anyways there um him and the other female lead I can't remember her name right now which name maggie is the character's name k thompson is the k thompson uh, like they they do this like weird like song and dance thing that goes on for clap your hands yeah which i insensitive in the 20s perhaps more so 30 years later but a barn burner though entertaining k thompson was my favorite part of the film she was great She's she's a fantastic. Yeah. And every time she did another song or something like that, it was like, oh, let's have a lot more of her. Um, <laughs> they're doing <laughs> see, see the this the whole thing could have been a, a, just a it's sort of like a, some like it hot. Like it was like ninety five percent like uh, comic mishaps and them getting yes. involved in scrapes and having to get out. Yeah. And 
I thought that they could have they could have pushed it that extra five percent. This is like forty percent that, and I felt like there could have been more situations that they got themselves in. I agree. When they're the thing in there, <laughs> they go to the, they go to the beatnik party, and now after having criticized the movie, I'm gonna now laugh at all the jokes making fun of beatniks. But they go to the party, and the lady's singing about like. Oh, she's gonna kill herself, and he's like, "Oh boy, you know, <laughs> know. this horrible song." And they're like, and "So they and they've disguised themselves as the Floridians who yes. were, were going to come to this thing." Yeah. So they get the real Floridians show up. They get them kicked out, and they're like, "Well, it takes care of that." And they're like, "Uh, Mister and Missus, you must now perform." And like, "Oh, we got to perform." <laughs> so they're like. And somehow now, like the editor of this Vogue magazine, it's just like bam, 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 just knocking know. it out of the piano. But yeah, they they burn the house down, and the whole thing is like <laughs> the premise is dumb because they need to get up the stairs, but yes. they're only allowed to go up the stairs when they're exiting when they at the end the of their song. song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that being said, like it's it's a great number, even though it's really kind of silly. Uh, it really is. And and that was like a, a weird contrivance that was funny. And I just thought there would be more contrivances. Also, the fact that like Professor Floster is like, I, I thought that. So I guess the only thing that's wrong with him is that he wants to bone Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. And that's like uh, Fred Astaire's point the entire time. He's like, he doesn't care about this philosophy. Philosophy, he wants to bone you. It can't be both. Yeah, right. I thought he would be re- um, he would be uh, revealed to be more of a con man. Because, yeah, like, right. after he gets hit in the head, he starts, yes. you know, speaking in uh, just in like New York English or something like that. Yeah, right, like, right. He, he's a fake the whole time. That would have been But made apparently, more sense. he's just a horny professor that they double assaulted, uh, which is fine. But, and, 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 and he's like, he's the proponent of what uh, empathicity or whatever is, yeah, his, uh, right. is his Dianetics. But then yeah. the movie does lamely try to make a point about like empathy Empathy? it does which i don't know that it totally pulls it off no i don't i mean is lack of empathy fred astaire's real problem he's got a lot of problems he kisses audrey hepburn without her consent twice twice all right if we're just gonna get over that for now because it's a 50s movie he also kisses her when there is no there's nothing in the movie (laughs) <laughs> to suggest that there is any spark of anything between them. I know. And then she has to sing the I Feel a Spark song. And it's like, I know. I, mean, I don't And then, it. like, the second time after he kisses her, he sings a song about, like, let's not break up. Let's make, you know, like, like let's make up or whatever. We're better together. We're a union, whatever. I'm like, you're not even dating yet. What is with this song? It seems like this song should come later in the movie. Or, like, it was written and then they, like, didn't know how to fit it in. So they're like, we'll just put it here. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And it's... then the thing that really bothered me Whoa. was, like, when uh after they did decide that they liked each other and that they were going to start dating or whatever um she um meets the philosopher guy and is talking to him and like fred astaire is trying to like badmouth him and and he says to her that he's about as interested in your intellect as i am <laughs> yeah. and i was like whoa whoa hold the phone there Fred Astaire right but that's but you can but if you are paying attention you can do that there are so many movies there are so many romance stories where that that's all the guy does want and then he becomes a better person he's fixed he gets fixed right 
And they're, I think they're trying to do that, but they're not tracking that at all because this no, is just... he never says anything at the end. This is just like, 60 year, I love how smart you are. This is 60-year-old Fred Astaire, and yeah. you're just coming to see him in a Gershwin jukebox musical, and so nobody really cares. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird because they've got so many... First of all, it's in Vista Vision, which they won't stop reminding us... <laughs> about um it's very very colorful they and, have the, and the collection really cool of people they have outfits. you know they, they got the, the the gershwins in this and that you know it's about fashion so the costumes are, are by edith head and uh hepburn is you know uh, dressed in givenchy as she always is and mm-hmm. richard evaden was like a visual consultant on it so like they're putting this whole thing yeah. together but a lot of people worked on it but it's kind of tired i have a theory yeah movies set at magazines are off-putting Okay, why is that? Well, first of all, I just believe that in my soul because of the movies that I've seen that are set in magazines. What are what are other movies that you've seen? We'll get there. Okay. But second of all, <laughs> get get the answer to the question you asked, then ask another question. Mm. Uh, second of all, because magazine magazines in general and also movies about magazines are always about um, look, superficiality. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And... Then they try to shovel in a moral about how that's not important. Right. But also, it usually involves them getting some kind of promotion or becoming the face of something, something. Mm-hmm. So, you got this. You got this. What's this? I know there's other ones. <laughs> the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, right. Which is like the non-musical version of this. <laughs> 13 going on 30. Uh-huh. You do some. <laughs> oh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> Which is so confused about what it's trying to say. Wow. Um, I got a TV show. Sure. Ugly Betty. Just Shoot Me? Oh, Just Shoot Me, yeah. Those aren't, those are sitcoms. Yeah. Sitcoms are about being sitcoms. Yeah, that's true. You tell me Um, those guys are are physicists and they live in that apartment for 15 years. (laughs) Screw you. All right, well, look, maybe it's not a perfect theory. I haven't done all the experimentation yet. <laughs> but they always are about, like, oh, it's important to be intellectual. And it's like, is it? Because you're just going to be in a wedding dress at the end, right? I know. Like, what is it What is it saying at the end? Like, like I think we talked about this afterwards. Like, is it saying that she gives up being an intellectual because she wants to be with this guy? And well, her, she's gonna her intellectual hero was a ding-dong. and doesn't mean she can't still have ideals. Absolutely, but... We have no inkling of that. It's wonderful to not read books. <laughs> this woman, this very intellectual woman who literally works in a bookstore. It just breaks my heart. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, okay. Um, a magazine must have blood. Is something that I Maggie says know. at the beginning of the film. Whoa! Uh, the girl boss. Um, you 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 got to think pink. Yes. I actually don't know how many of these songs are original and how much are just from the catalog of the Gershwins. But mm. um, I guess that would be a song that you'd sing if you ran a magazine. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but then she has this line like. Um, one banish the, the oh yeah, uh, banish the black, burn down the blue. I'm like, I'm really conflicted about what you just yeah, said. Yeah, I know, in I know. 2020. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I was, uh, I was gonna say how she, like somebody asked her, another character who works at the magazine is like, well, why aren't you in pink? Because everybody else is in pink. They've taken all. The I never wear pink. Next scene, next she's scene, wearing she's pink. wearing yeah. pink. What? A little inconsistent. Yeah. 
Edith, Edith didn't get the uh, note on that one. They make fun of a lady for reading a comic book. I know. I was like, hey, Fred, just take it easy. Why? Why? Because then they were like insinuating that she was stupid because she was reading a comic book, which I don't appreciate. Um, well, she didn't seem really smart, but yeah. No, I know. But the, I thought that actress, even though it was a bit part, I thought she did, like, when she was, like, modeling at the bookshop, that was actually pretty funny. Like, the, the weird Dovima. little poses that she does. Oh, is she, is she one name? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if she was. Maybe she's an actual model. She was an actual model. There you go. That's why she has one name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if she was the first one name, but. Um, she was in an episode of My Favorite Martian years later. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, musical numbers. Uh, okay. Um, I, I, I think that, uh, what was the one that was, um, um, let's, you gotta be happy, you gotta be nice, oh, or, or hot, no, yeah. how to be lovely or how whatever. How to be lovely, yeah. And then, and then, like, they, they say that you have to be happy. And well, yeah, whatever. Right. Like I know. It's trying to be positive. You have to be taller than five six. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we found somebody who's an inch shorter than Fred Astaire. You got to be a model. I know, right? A fashion model. I know. Ugh. We're gonna save a lot of fabric <laughs> because <laughs> boop boop, not so tall, and then like very small. Very small. So take this dress, cut it in half. Petite. We're good to go. Yeah. Hmm. Empathicalism, that's what it was. Yeah. I, oh, it was also, I thought it was, like, funny, but not, like, funny on purpose when they're, like, flying into um, Paris. They, they they show them all, like, looking out the window, and it's kind of, like, they kind of show, the, show the plane flying over Paris, and it looks really cheesy. Like, but then, directly like, over Paris. Directly over Paris. And then like they, they're showing they... the, the, like, uh monuments and yeah. uh all all the things that you think of when you think of paris yeah um and it's like there's no way the plane would fly over no <laughs> yeah they like buzz the champs Elysees. yeah it's like what but uh, but yeah so but and they're and it's orally right so because yes. I, don't, I don't think de gaulle existed back then yeah but uh yeah, anyway, I mean, it's just, and it's a superimposed plane. It's just oh like a little. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then it, and then at the end, like after her and uh, that... Fred Astaire, like fight. Yeah. Um, They're trying to call the airport and they don't know if they've got to it or not. And then she runs to the window and she sees another really cheesy superimposed plane. Oh, the cheesy plane, plane is left already. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laughed and didn't think it was supposed yeah. to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, uh, you know, Bozier Paris is a great song, but it's, it's definitely like, oh boy, yeah. this, and nobody saw this film. So, uh, when it came out, uh, so it couldn't have contributed to, um, to American tourism that much, but, uh, the great American tourist. Yes, I was just thinking like, about oh that. Boy. I was like, oh my God, oh what does boy. that mean? Like, oh, check out this idiot. He'll spend money on anything. Yeah. Is that what that means? <laughs> I want to be in Paris all day. And you're like, oh, bonjour, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Five seconds later. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a movie that, you know, we watched a movie that's made in the 50s, set in the 20s, and still works today. And yes. you've got a film made in the 57 that probably didn't even work was, at the time. It was too late for, for 57. So, I think. 
um, that scene where they're at the church and she's in her wedding dress, well, I guess both of them because it happens twice, I think they they worked really hard to dress that scene and make it seem very fairy tale book like. How'd you they know? do the raft? That's a really good question. It had to be a rope like under the water, right? Yeah, because like because not only they have do to they control that, not only do they go and the, she's dancing on grass and heels. I know they were like flat heels, but but you figure so there's a path that they have to dance because the whole thing kind of goes in around, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember if they get back on the raft or not, but it sort of goes in a in a big circle. It turns around. So they leave from the one part and they have to land on the next part yeah. to be in focus and to dance on the path that they've got. Mm-hmm. And I I believe that Fred Astaire is good enough. And also they have to land when the dance part of the music picks up again and no, they start right. doing it again. Yeah. I believe that Fred Astaire is good enough to do it, mm-hmm. but they prob- you don't leave it to chance, right? Probably not. You probably choreograph it just right and have – control over somebody's, that raft. But somebody's pulling a, ra- yeah, pulling exactly. a rope to I think so. keep the raft going. Oh, I just thought of something else. Sure. When she's singing her spark song in the bookshop, you and I both noticed in the mirror oh, there was yeah. a there was a crewman's legs. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want to do like a this is like a YouTube video or something that like posits that every crew member that you see accidentally in a reflection or in a mirror shot is Bob from Twin Peaks. Yes! <laughs> That's fantastic! So he's just like, yeah. He never dies. He's, he's everywhere. Forever. He's, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Tough to do when the, the the actor himself is dead. Oh, yeah. That's true. Um, they got around it in it, Showtime. Yeah, I know, right? Because everybody was just a, a cheap graphic. Yeah, A cheap right? After Effects graphic. Yeah, I'm the tree. I'm I'm the midget. I know. It began, but I'm alive, but you didn't cast me because I'm an asshole. I know. I know. <laughs> <sighs> well, um, two pretty light films. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, both hovering around the 100-minute, uh, 110-minute mark. So yep. um, how do we kill five minutes? <laughs> um, I guess... Oh, I was, I don't know. Um, do you know any? No, I was. I was gonna say we we can have a septuplet uh, Valentine's Day massacre, but that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> I was like, that's awful. Don't happy say Valentine's that. Day massacre. So I, but I said it anyways. Um, <laughs> um, uh, we could have a ridiculous dance number. <laughs> Yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, or we could just have like a pickup. Here, put this kerchief on, and we'll talk about how to be lovely. I know. It's funny because like this, this wasn't a. Sta- I'm sure it's been turned into a stage musical, but it wasn't when it was first produced, right? Okay, yeah. So my thought was like again, just want to see Kate Thompson and uh, Audrey Hepburn do more singing and dancing together. But yeah, this is totally the song that you'd put in. You know, while somebody's yes. changing their costume or something, right? Right. But there's no costumes to change. It's a film. And both the female leads that wear all the clothes right. are on stage. So Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. I saw this film like a while ago and I didn't remember it really well. I remember thinking I thought it was okay. Uh, it's not my favorite Audrey Hepburn or Fred Astaire film by any means. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just I wish it was better, you know. Like I wish the the <laughs> uh, bless you. I wish the songs popped more. 
Um, bless you. It's kind of, you know, like musicals are like supposed to showcase the songs, right? So it's kind of disappointing when the songs aren't that great. Well, it's so. kind of disappointing when the leads aren't the best singers in the world. <laughs> Fred Astaire is a, a good singer. I don't think that he's... I think he's okay, yeah. He's not an amazing singer. No. I don't know. I mean, have you ever seen... Um, I know it's got problems, but have you ever seen Holiday Inn? Um, I yeah, mean, yeah, Holiday Inn. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know. Uh, but, yeah. Gotta love Bing Crosby. Anyways. I wonder um, if... Um, we'll, we'll do another uh, Stanley Donen movie someday. Okay, yeah, you think so? Well, we talked about, I mean, oh, you know, we did um, Singing in the Rain, too, of course. Yeah, we did. I mean, it was sort of co-directed um, by Gene Kelly and, and uh, Stanley Donen, but, um, so we've kind of, we have, have, we've covered it, Charade, and yeah, I'd like to see Indiscreet. I've, I've always heard about Indiscreet, but I've, I've never, never seen it. I don't even know what that one is. It's uh, Cary Grant and Ingrid Birdman. Okay. And um, it's... Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's a romance, but it's kind of well, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll watch it. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, and you, you said Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, also. Yeah, which is not. <laughs> that's a boy. We'll have a lot to talk about. It's a weird movie. It's uh, a weird movie. I saw it. I saw it as when I was a kid. It's. it's oh, I'm a, sorry. It's a weird one. <laughs> Yay for childhood trauma. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> um Yeah, I'm trying to think about like what else. Do it. Um Remake Funny Face. Yeah, do it. Remake Funny Face. Make it better. <laughs> and uh, excise well, there's nothing there's nothing there. That's the problem. Like I was gonna say excise all the Gershwin stuff, but that's all it it, it is. Mm-hmm. What if you did remake it and then you just got all the 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 current talent so it's um you know tom ford and it's uh um vera wang and then you know it's modern fashion sure um i don't know and then you cast the the girl from westworld or something sure i mean (laughs) it's not no not sure oh okay um what do you think of like the songs? No, I, no, I, no! I don't. Oh, come on! What? <laughs> I'm not going to worry. If you want to, if you want to waste time, you got to waste time faster than that. Oh, all right, okay. that's it. We're gonna we're gonna cop out for today, and uh, we'll be back in the future to talk about more films, and that's it. Goodbye. Down there.